Hello, you're listening to a new episode of The Water Scientists, the podcast of KWR Water Research Institute in which we get to the bottom of difficult water questions. My name is Tim. And hi, I'm Andrew. And in this episode, we ask Gert-Jan Medema, researcher on microbial water quality and director of the WHO Collaborating Center on Water Quality and Health, the question, how is the corona research preparing us for current and future pandemics? Welcome, Gert-Jan. Thank you. Gert-Jan, what kind of research has KWR done on the coronavirus? Well, we we looked in sewers uh, for coronavirus RNA. We we first looked at whether the coronavirus was also shed in stools, like uh, his full nephew SARS virus uh, was shed via stools. And when that that was already early in the the pandemic, uh, there were signals from China and from the US that the virus RNA is indeed shed uh, also via uh, the stools and so gets into uh, the sewer networks. And we know, for instance, from poliovirus, but also from uh, our illicit drug research, um, that you can use the sewer as um, a mirror of society. So we wanted to understand whether we can also track uh, coronavirus uh, and SARS uh, coronavirus 2 circulation also via uh, via sewer. So whether we could see, uh, if we look in sewers, whether we could see if the virus circulation in the population in our cities was increasing or decreasing, um, to see um, to to get uh, an early warning of virus circulation uh, in the population. And I understand that KWR was quite early in uh, in starting to monitor or to look at this uh, this coronavirus. When did you actually start? Yeah, we started February 6, uh, and that was, it turned out to be three weeks before the first recognized case was, uh, was in our country, that was Feb 27. And um, we did that uh, for two reasons. One was uh, because we wanted to, to check our methods. Uh, we more or less copy-pasted the, um, the methods that are used in um, the clinical, uh, the hospital labs, to uh, water labs, and we know a lot about how to process samples to get virus RNA out of uh, out of sewage samples. So we combined the, the best of both worlds, so to say. And um, but first, we wanted to see um, if we would uh, we we wanted to um, create the connections with uh, the water authorities so that we could sample. And we wanted to see whether if if the virus is not there yet in in the population, whether also sewer signals are negative, so you don't see anything in the in the sewers. Yeah, and and what do you actually detect? Is it whole infectious viruses in the sewage water, or are they just harmless fragments? They are. What we detect is a virus RNA. Um, we have checked. Uh, we think it's still inside a virus particle, but uh, we also uh, with our method is not uh, looking for infectious virus. All the uh, information we learn from studies that look into infectious virus, particularly in stools, uh, show us that it's already in stools very difficult to find infectious virus. Uh, While it's very easy to find RNA of virus in stool samples of patients, it's very difficult to find infectious virus. So uh, we think that the the fecal route uh, is not an important transmission pathway for this virus, but the fact that there's such a, a high amount of RNA shed uh, in the in the stool that makes it a makes the sewers a sensitive um, instrument to look at virus circulation okay and and in this in the sewers do you measure that on the um, on the neighborhood scale or the city scale or is it traceable to the individual household 
No, we uh, we think this is really a population um, monitor. So we we monitor at the intake of or the inlet of the, the wastewater treatment plant. So that is the collected wastewater of between 100,000 to um, even a million people um, that is there mixed. We also take composite samples because um, you, you want to really get um, a mix of all these people and uh, because then uh, only then it becomes more sensitive or uh, more efficient than looking at every in single individual in the population. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, why we monitor at that point. At that point yeah. and, and if you can find the virus in the sewage water, is it also in, in drinking water or maybe in swimming water? No, uh, the the, um, the virus uh, we've checked in um, sewage effluents as well, and um, th that is usually uh, the, the virus RNA is usually not present there anymore. We've seen when virus concentrations or virus RNA concentrations in um, wastewater were high, there was a weak signal also in the effluent. But um, this this is not a very robust virus in in water and in wastewater treatment. So. Um, we see that uh, it is degraded in the in the activated sludge uh, treatment system, and we don't think that you will be able to monitor it. Uh, certainly not for, uh, way down the, the rivers and the lakes, um, and certainly not in drinking water because we know drinking water is very well protected against all viruses, um, and including this this one. Okay, and. The, um, the research that's being conducted by the Dutch National Institute for Public Health and the Environment, that's, we see that on television and um, it's, it's well known. Um, are there difference, differences between the, uh, the results from KWR's uh, sewage analysis compared to those, um, those, those data from the IVM, the Dutch Institute? Well, the, the, what we uh, observe, uh, the, the, we try to compare uh, what we see in the sewer uh, with what is reported in terms of uh, cases, uh, COVID-19 cases in the population. And what we see is that sewers um, nicely follow the, uh, the epi curve, so the, the, the increase of cases in the population as the virus uh, got into our country and then plateauing and that now uh, a declining uh, uh, number of cases. And we see a similar trend also in sewers. So there we see that yeah, both on the, the rising limb and, the, and the, the falling limb of the epi curve, we see that sewers are nicely um, following what happens in the population. And we also see that that's a relatively, uh, that you see it relatively early. So in some cases we saw a signal in sewer even before the first reported cases. And also, um, so that was six days um, before case was reported we already saw signal in the in the sewers we already saw signal at very low prevalences between 1 and 10 per 100,000 so we we believe that it's a pretty sensitive tool and also now when we are on the uh, on the the way back the way out of the of the pandemic we see that um, we also see the decline of the concentrations in sewage and we also believe that there it looks like it's um, it's pretty early on that we see um, what happens in the population. Okay. And, and do you also see different strains of, uh, of the virus in the sewage water? Um, we're, we're trying to see uh, if that's the, the situation. It is uh, an interesting um, concept. 
Um, people are the, the the medical virologists are really looking at all the strains. To you may have seen the uh, the maps where you see that um, the the viruses that entered New York were coming from Europe, and um, uh, the viruses that are in the Netherlands um, came from from Italy, but also from Germany and from France. So there's a lot of um, source tracing using the the virus mutations and the sequences. Um, but usually these are taken from patients that are um, have severe symptoms. Um, it's intriguing that in sewage, because we know that there are many more people than only those with um, severe symptoms. Of course, these are the most affected and it's very important to look at them. But there's a, a, a much larger population that is mildly to uh, minimally affected by the by the virus that may still contribute to virus concentrations in sewage. But maybe there's also genetic differences in the viruses that affect and uh, that have mild effects versus more severe effects. And it would be interesting to see if the sewer can can give indications for that. And we're working together with Erasmus MC um, to do the, the sequencing also of sewer samples. Okay. Is there already some sort of picture about the um the population that's been mildly affected relative to the population that's been um, severely impacted? Um, not uh, a very good picture um, because yeah, m most of the, the attention, and rightly so of course, has, has gone to people that have been uh, severely effective, uh, affected. These have been the cases that have been tested. These are the, the cases that have been hospitalized. Um, so um, a lot of the studies that are now published are based on uh, what we know from these types of patients and um, you now see that slowly um, more knowledge is also emerging for instance uh, through uh, testing of blood donors um, of the more general population response and, and um, um, exposure to the to the virus well for instance in the Netherlands we now know that it's something like 4% of the population has been um, exposed to the virus and has uh, developed antibodies. Well, if you look at the total reported number of cases, it's far less. Yeah. Okay. And now, before the SARS outbreak in 2002, um, nobody expected the coronavirus to be, um, to be dangerous. But then we had the, the MERS outbreak in, uh, in 2012. And that seems like fair warning. I mean, do, um, did we prepare or predict this third coronavirus adequately? And specifically also the Dutch water sector? Yeah, well, I think in general, <coughs> um, uh, virologists uh, have always um, uh, predicted that um, not um, when it would happen, but that, that it would happen, uh, these, these uh, zoonotic uh, pathogens that hop over from animals to, uh, to humans and start a pandemic. The, the SARS and MERS were... Um, were better contained than, than this one. And I think that's also to do with uh, the characteristics of this virus. Uh, this, this one is more uh, tricky to catch uh, because uh, um, it's already infectious before it's, um, people develop symptoms. Um, there are um, a lot of people that develop no or mild symptoms, but could still spread uh, the virus. So there's a lot of transmission that goes under the radar of um, the, um, the health surveillance. So that makes this one um, difficult to, uh, to contain. If you look at um, the, the preparation, there are some indications that um, countries that have experienced um, the, the SARS outbreak 
uh, had have better prepared for um, also for this SARS-2 outbreak. Uh, but I think over over time we'll um, we'll evaluate the responses of countries and we'll learn better what what is the best response. Also because people uh, countries that have responded quite um, aggressively to to the virus so have locked down uh, quite strictly. Um, they may uh, they still have a lot of people vulnerable to the to the virus so maybe the second wave um, is hitting these countries um, more severely than the ones that have stayed open uh, more in terms of the water sector um, I think the, the water sector has prepared uh, for for viruses uh, already for decades uh, because we know viruses can be transmitted via water so we've been looking since the 1980s for viruses in, in water, um, poliovirus, adenovirus, rotavirus, norovirus, all kinds of viruses that we know can be transmitted via water. And we, our defenses, our protection against this, uh, these viruses are now also serving us uh, as defenses against this, um, this coronavirus, which is a... In terms of if for waterborne transmission, this is not a, uh, a critical virus or a, or a game changer. It's not very robust in water. It's not very um, robust in our disinfection processes. So this one is relatively easy to kill um, compared to the viruses that we already know and have prepared our, um, our water um, treatment systems for. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Um, but at the moment, we're, we're learning a lot. So um, how is this current corona research preparing us for future pandemics or the next waves of the corona if it were to mutate or also other viruses and, and also internationally so everything's working well here in the Netherlands but uh, internationally oh yeah well I think you know the sewage veins the, the most of the, the the promise and the use case that I see uh, is in monitoring trends of virus circulation in the population and in, in cities so that um, and now, as, as countries are moving out of lockdown, um, the big question is, uh, will the virus re-emerge? Uh, so will the virus circulation increase? Well, I think sewage surveillance is uh, one of the means uh, to, um, to get an early warning for that. Um, so it can complement all the other types of surveillance that are ongoing. Uh, but it's an, a relatively efficient way where you look with a, a few samples at a, a lot of uh, people uh, uh, so, in that sense, I think there's, um, there's good value in uh, sewage surveillance. I think if, if we look at um, how, because there's internationally there's a, a huge um, uh, enthusiasm for um, sewage surveillance, maybe particularly so in the water sector. Uh, the health sector is, um, needs to get used to this uh, a little bit. Uh, to this type of, of surveillance, but I do see also, like in the Netherlands, uh, but also other countries where health institutes are embarking on sewage surveillance as an additional form of information. But um, so with all this enthusiasm and, and I think worldwide I've, I've seen more, maybe something like a hundred institutes, um, universities, uh, that uh, utilities that start to have started to monitor in sewage. So we are compiling a lot of information and what I hope is that um, then COVID-19 paves the way for using sewage surveillance for uh, these infectious diseases uh, uh, and that we develop this sewage surveillance tool 
well with uh, in the current pandemic so that when um, this pandemic uh, moves away which it will uh, um, we are we have a new tool that helps us also for future pandemics uh, because it is amazing to see uh, the virus emerged in end of December in China um, the methods to look in sewers were uh, were there already um, a little over a month later so we are really quick in adopting this um, and being able to develop such a tool so with with all the molecular methods and information that is collected i think um, also for future pandemics this is um, holds great promise thank you uh, Gert-Jan. in this episode we asked Gertjan Medema the question how is the current corona research preparing us for this and future pandemics yeah, what we found was that, um, well, with the sunny weather coming, it's safe to swim, at least uh, as regards coronavirus. Uh, more importantly, uh, drinking water is safe. Um, and we're developing a very interesting tool to help mon monitor um, development, development um, health surveillance on the ground to augment the ab above ground testing. Thank you for listening to the Water Scientists. Uh, you can go to kwr.nl slash podcast to subscribe via your favorite podcast app. If you have a difficult water question of your own, feel free to send it to info at kwrwater.nl. Next time, we'll be back with another difficult question and a smart water scientist. Goodbye for now.